You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Hey guys, what is happening? Because there is no revolution in theme song, we went with some Judas Priest for you guys. How about that? So guys, tonight's a special <laughs> night because as you probably know, it's pretty close to Halloween, so we thought we'd dress up as our favorite revolution characters. That's right. So across from me, the ever, ever so lovely Krista Snyder dressed up as one of the friendly girls from tonight. <laughs> Hello, One of the friendly everyone. ladies of the night. <laughs> Or of the day for Drexel, any time of the day. A.K.A. Right. Flamingo. <laughs> A.K.A. Flamingo. And next to her, Daryl Kristen. And can you tell from the wig? I am Danny, of course, tonight with the blonde <laughs> wig. Thank you very much. I think I look just like him. and I have I'd say it's spot shirt. on. <laughs> spot on. And uh, I have a very similar shirt on because we found out that they apparently do all their shopping at Target. Exactly. So you know. Uh, and the guys, I am going as Miles Matheson. So there we go. And I'm excited to talk about tonight's episode. We've got, we're going to do it a little bit backwards today. So, guys, backwards. Bing is for doing, and we're doing Revolution. And we are <laughs> going to start with the C story. We're going to start by talking about Danny, Daryl over there, who looks <laughs> just like Danny. And, Daryl, you were at Sebastian Monroe's place, finally. Finally. Yes, I am. You've, you made the journey. Tom has finally brought you and Danny there. And... Sebastian's kind of offering Danny all these comforts, like if you need any food, you need women. <laughs> women. You need some Kristen. Uh, you know, I, I got what you need. So, Bob Rose kind of, uh, he then promotes ne- uh, Tom Neville to major, which is sort of being working in intelligence and interrogation. Which I thought he was doing this because he maybe sensed that... Uh, Captain Tom Neville was not in it anymore and is perhaps looking for a way out. And I kind of got that last week whenever he was talking to Miles. Neville said to Miles, like, why did you leave? Right. So I feel like perhaps uh, he's looking for a way out as well. And perhaps Monroe senses that he wants to leave. So what do you do when somebody wants to leave your company? You promote them. You promote them. Yeah. Well, also, if you remember with, um, I mean, he did say and point out you've been wanting a promotion and you've been wanting this position. So Mm -hmm. apparently Tom Neville has brought it up that he's been wanting to do this. Mm -hmm. And being that he knows people so well from his Mm -hmm. past as an insurance salesman, interrogation perfectly fits him. That it does. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you guys think about his character? Do you think that he was always pretending to be the paper pusher with the smile on his face who actually had all these build-up 
angry emotions inside and he always was the man he is today? Or do you think that he really was that paper pusher guy and he tried, he had to transform after the blackout? I think he's like the kid who's the skinny bully kid in high school who grows, grows up to be the really buff dude because he's been terrorized so much in his life that he decides to do the polar opposite and gets frustrated with being beat up so many times. I mean, I think he definitely always had that within him. And I think a lot of people have that inside of you. And that's why he, you see him always taking it out on the boxing bag right. and doing that. He clearly, he has that inside of him. He's just restraining it. And he's more able to be that nice guy that he thinks he should be. But I think that was just always part of him and who he is. And that's why he was doing those boxing classes and why he does take things out on that boxing bag. He's just taking it out in a healthy way. Right. I think he was definitely always suppressing who he really was and who he could ultimately become because, unfortunately, now the blackout has sort of, he's gained respect now. I mean, look at who he was before and who he is now. People actually respect him now. And I feel like that's a great transformation for anyone despite the circumstances. But does Julia... That's the real question. That's, that's kind of what I'm wondering. Does Julia like him more this way, or is she kind of more distant because of everything? For those who don't know, that's his wife. That's Tom Neville's wife in the show is Julia. And right. I, I have a feeling that she's going to end up not liking it so much. The, I mean, the change in her man. If her, you marry one man, you expect that man to stay the same. I don't. But. Yeah, and just her reaction from a couple episodes ago when he beat up the neighbor and killed him, the way she was looking at him mm-hmm. on top of the step, you, you could tell that she wasn't. Yeah. She, she didn't recognize who that man was. Not the man she fell in love with. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, you expect people to change but grow together. So yeah. kind of like this transformed everything. <laughs> yeah, possibly apart. change, transform. <laughs> right. So speaking of Tom Neville's character, we see his interaction with his son in the next scene, which is Jason giving his report. And Tom's giving him a hard time about yeah. that that pretty chick from the from the group. And, <laughs> oh, was that really all that happened? They just kind of restrained you and held you prisoner? So Neville's giving it, uh, Jason, who, also known as Nate, if you guys don't re- recall that, but Jason a hard time about his report. And it's actually kind of Monroe there who's... Uh, who saves the day, Who's sort of. saving the... Yeah, or kind of like, like pushes be, Neville. Like, soft on him. Don't be yeah, so hard on him. So but, hard. but already here we get the interrogation from Neville, so he's already doing his interrogation <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, to his son, I think it's a lot easier. But, I mean, how do you guys feel about Jason betraying his father? There's already a struggle between what he wants to do versus how his father has raised him. Yeah. So I, I feel like now that he's become a main character, he has become so much more interesting to me. To watch this dilemma on screen of, are, are you going to listen to your father or are you going to betray him? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm waiting to see. I mean, in, at the end, I think he's going to go more. I, I Well, I'll save it for a prediction, but I feel like he's going to end up teaming more with Charlie's side and continue to do that. And I mean, we definitely see he's pissed off. He's not mm-hmm. happy with uh, his father in this scene yeah. at all. And then we get this key moment where Monroe questions him about the amulet. And he points out that, oh, yeah, the fat one. Aaron has this necklace. So I, I like that in the last episode we got that planting. It was a very brief, small scene and kind of a minor mm-hmm. scene in the last episode where Nate slash Jason saw the amulet. And then it's kind of we get the payoff this episode of where, oh, wow, this is where it's important that he got that glimpse of it. Do you think that Rachel was telling Monroe the truth that there are 12? Or do you think that she has sent him on a wild goose chase? I... 
I think he was too telling the truth, but I think it'd be awesome if it was a wild yeah. goose chase. I mean, what if there's only like two? Right, <laughs> that, or, would be great. that would be great. But <laughs> I, I, I think that she probably more is telling the truth just because of the fact too that she knows he has Aaron. Uh, um, excuse me, Danny, and um, she knows that also. You know, a, a lot more of the secrets that haven't been revealed yet. So I think that she's definitely telling him the truth. Mm-hmm. So let's let's move on to um, the end of the episode. And the final scene kind of at this camp, which is Danny meeting Rachel or his mother for the first time in I, I, 10, 15 years, something to that extent, yeah. ever since we left. We don't know the exact time frame of when she left, but we know a long, long time ago. And Rachel kind of starts laughing awkwardly, and then Danny starts cry- is confused at first and then starts Mom. crying. Like, I was not sure he would res- recognize her, actually. Because it has been a long time. And he kind of just stared at her for a very long time because he was really young. Yeah. I mean, he seemed in disbelief. But I guess, like, it is your mother. So yeah, after yeah, he, he was, mm-hmm. like, he was young but still after, he, he like, seven years. Was. Yeah. 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 So I was glad that not a whole lot of words were exchanged there. I yeah, that was the right way to go. I, I was kind of waiting for a what the F, mom. Where, 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 like, where, where have you been? been? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm not sure if that was the right reaction because he thought that she was dead. So yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But who can say? Because you have to wonder if there is going to be, at, at least in future episodes, a lot of harvested anger there that he was deceived by her and thought she was dead the whole time. I really am starting to like Danny an awful lot. Yeah. I <laughs> like Danny a lot, too. Thank you. I, Thank mean, you. I mean, look at that hair. Should I flip it for everyone? Yes, please. To? There you go. Oh, There's my oh Danny my. flip. Wow. And, and my earphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, he's just becoming like a kind of fearless character, and I'm so glad that we're not on the prison trail anymore. You know, that was getting old, but finally he's gotten to Philly, and, and I'm kind of curious, once everybody else gets to Philly, where are we going from there? Yeah. I guess a hunt for those uh, the, pendants. Yeah, that but. will probably be the next uh, storyline. I think you're right. But... Uh, let's move on to... I want to say one more thing before we move on. All that right. They're sending that Strauss guy that talked about slicing up oh, the right. meat. Yes, I, I missed that. Thank to you. To kill Charlie's group, all except for Miles and for the pendant. And so I, clearly we're going to see Jason, a.k.a. Nate, yeah, for sure. go back to the other side and, yeah. and save them and probably kill that Strauss guy. But, well, he also made a face, Jason did, when um, when he was talking to his father Neville and, and Monroe. He, when he turned around after he had revealed about the necklace, he made that face like, oh, well, you know, they're going after him. I, you could tell he was thinking something of him needing to get back where Charlie and their group was. Yeah, well, and we also get Strauss talking about his father, the butcher, <laughs> and how much of an artiste he was. He was an artiste. Grabbing and I, meats. And I think this is the same guy we saw at the camp earlier. I think it was. With Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're finally seeing him again and finding out his name, which is nice. So before we do go on, guys, I do want to mention that we would appreciate your feedback in any way possible, whether that be going on iTunes or YouTube, commenting, rating us positive or negative. We love seeing it all. We want to just know how we can make this show better for you guys because we enjoy doing it and we want you guys to enjoy listening to it. And I also do want to mention that you may have noticed that Kristen Carroll's not here. It's because if you watched uh, our Walking Dead show last <laughs> night, she was very preggers, by, by and she's zombie. she's having some morning sickness, so she couldn't make it. So that, that is why bad. she's not here. She's gonna love but that. next time, it'll be cool. Yeah. So she'll, she'll probably be better next week. We can't, unless she has the baby. We'll see. She was very pregnant. So let's talk about, uh, the. Fl- we get a lot of flashbacks this episode for Aaron, yeah. and it seems like every episode they sort of pick out one character to do a lot of flashbacks for, mm-hmm. who's going to end up having horrible things happen to them. And in this episode, it's... Aaron. So the first flashback we get is him with his wife before the blackout, and we see 
Aaron kind of as this baller, very confident guy who can have anything he wants. And he comes across as very, very confident and definitely has become his own man. And yeah, it's funny the difference between money in your pocket and no money in your pocket. Right. And right. if it's the money in your pocket that gives you the confidence, you probably have a few things you need to work on. Yeah. I mean, and also for him, it's also his whole tech world of being smart. And it's yeah. also beforehand, a world where you're smart is a world that matters. Yeah, but if you're smart, you should also be able to build a fire, keep a woman safe, and hunt down food. Well, Sorry. Hallelujah. So, well, some of those yeah. are physical prow- yeah, those prowess are, things. Yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, I think you should be able to do those things, but I think that's not brain intelligence. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not, not every guy skills. who's automatically, you know. It is, can be brain intelligence. Hunters and gatherers. We are hunters and gatherers. I have in my closet. It's all good. Boy Scouts. You know, we did Boy Scouts, Scouts Hunters, exactly. and Gatherers. Yes. So am I surrounded by protectors? You're surrounded by manly men. So. <laughs> very much manly men. I'm, I'm in Miles very, right here, and we've seen Danny go crazy safe. over there. I'm feeling so, very safe in this. I mean, we've got right to protect our flamingos, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, They're endangered. <laughs> um, so... In, at the end of the scene, we get the blackout goes, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a truck rams the car... In the yes. side that oh, yeah. they're in, I think they're in a limo. <laughs> or a limo, Let's be yes, specific. the limo they're in. <laughs> I thought that that was. I thought that was going to be how um, Aaron's wife Priscilla yes. dies, which I don't think we got her name in the episode, but her name is Priscilla. I thought that was going to be it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we, I think we reported a couple of weeks ago in our news and gossip of the article that we read is that she was going to be making a reoccurring role, but that's not to say that it couldn't have been in the flashbacks too. But right. um, I, I thought at first too that maybe that was her time. I was like, wow, this is just her introduction into his former life, and then of course, you know, we see that she's still continuing to be in in the scene. Well, I at least thought that that's why she was limping around the woods. I right. didn't know that she had drank from drank some, some poo poo water. Some poo poo water. Yes, <laughs> <some poo-poo> water. <laughs> And this is a kind of Aaron's first real scene yeah. of him not knowing what to do. He doesn't know that's dysentria or dysentia. I think I'm saying it's that right. Dysentery. 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 I, I just can't speak. Sorry, I, I, I'm losing my voice and my... There's many new look, diseases I became a hunter-gatherer and I lost all my intelligence, okay? It just oh, shot boy. out the window. I have to sac- make sacrifices. I can only do one thing at a time. Uh-huh. But we get... <laughs> That she has dysentery, and it's kind of uh, Sean. Sean shows up, kind of holding his hands up, and comes through for them, explaining that's dysentery from the poo-poo water, <laughs> and uh, kind of helps him out. And we see that Aaron's not adept to this world, but right. a character like Sean is very much adept to this world. So do you Who think, the hell is Sean, yeah, by the way? Sean, Sean, Sean and when P. Diddy Combs. That's right. I just really feel like we should have gotten a little bit more of who that character is. I didn't trust him at first. I was just waiting not. for him to steal yeah. something from them. I, I thought he was going to have down. a little wagon thing yeah. and then threat, <laughs> and then get shot at the and end. And look by, like a zombie. Yeah, yeah and, and he was probably going to be a Bulls fan. <laughs> okay. So I am making a reference to previous episodes for those who didn't catch it. <laughs> so... But he seems like he's going to be a nice guy. But so who is he? I mean, if you're going to name a character, we need a little bit more. Well, right. I, I think also, we're going to see him in future episodes. We have to if we've got him so much entwined in this episode. I just feel like normally we get more of an introduction once we have given a character a name. Early, and, a early prediction. About this. Aaron's <laughs> going to end up deciding to go back to his wife, but his wife's going to be with Sean. Ooh, that's a good one. That could be why we're getting so much from him. Oh, I like that. But Sean Sean seems kind of young, if you ask me. How many girls were in that group? 
Sean might be a little desperate. Okay? Well, I also think they introduced the Sean character to obviously show, to really hone in on the part that Aaron does not feel like a man, and Sean is just this polar opposite, super manly man, and he ma- it makes Aaron feel less than who he, you know. So right. sexy. So sexy, which we get yes. in the next you, scene. You get a lot of crunches. Which we get oh, yeah. a lot of crunches. I didn't see his abs, but probably. Which we get in the next scene, though, which no, is... head crunches. Oh. Like, uh-huh. It's breaking necks, not his, oh, not yes, his yes. crunches crunches. Uh, breaking necks. Look, I, I immediately go to abs. Okay, this is what I think about all the time. So that scene, though, that we get where he the camp is being run down by some intruders and Aaron's trying to protect his wife and just completely gets knocked down. He can't do anything. He's totally helpless as she starts to get raped. I think he just, like, fell by himself, really. (laughs) I think it was a helpful fall, though. I think he got helped into the fall. Um He's useless. Have you ever noticed no matter how many times he falls, his glasses always stay on? That is a good point. Those are attached. So, Ricky, you, <laughs> from the live chat, wants you to know, Kristen, that you look damn fine. So, oh, you know. Ricky. So, Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> um, at, so was, uh, apparently, so was Priscilla, because she was getting a little bit of rape there. See that? See that? Transition. So, <laughs> Sean Priscilla raped? She started, it looked like she was starting to get her clothes ripped off as Sean right. came in to save the day. Oh, right. So By Sean, the bandits. And cr- started yeah. crunching necks. Crunching necks. And we hear those great crunching sounds. <laughs> I, I, I normally say snapping, but we'll go well, with No, it's because we had the... The crunch sound. The crunch sound. The snapping yeah. of the neck was more like crunching yeah. in Revolution. In this world, there's no snaps. There's only crunches. There's only crunches. There's only crunches. <laughs> I mean, that's why they all wear muscle shirts. Oh, snap. That's also why they all wear muscle shirts. Because yeah. of crunches both, legs, both sure. ways. Yeah. So we get Aaron talking with his wife afterwards and talking about how useless he feels and how he used to be able to give her everything and now he can give her nothing. And she tells her, as a loving wife should, that doesn't matter. I, right. I, I'm, it's, you're all that matters to me. I just want to be with you. It doesn't matter what we have. And Aaron just... Be, because of what we found out from his past, just can't believe her. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't think he can do anything for her. So he ends up just leaving her the next morning and leaving a note with the wedding ring. And it's like, hey, I can't do anything for you, so peace, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Pretty much she said, you're better off without me. Which, I mean, I'm guessing he is hoping one of the other guys do, in fact, take her under their wing, which will probably happen. As Davis pointed out, she is the lone woman of the group. But, I mean, that's just never abandon your woman. You should never walk out on your woman. It was a punk move. Punk, punk move. Any guy who walks out on a woman, punk. Straight up from Kristen. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like I, I I didn't really like that scene, just in that particular scene, just because of the fact that he's been married. He says how much he loves this woman, and I know was, seriously, he was he was ready to just give that mm-hmm. up so easily, just because he felt like he couldn't defend her. I mean, I, I mean go do some push-ups in the in the forest. I'll, I mean. I'll you know, take this. I I think he figured this was the best way to protect her, and I think in his mind. He was doing what was best to let her survive, and he was just going to hinder her survival, and this would be more for her survival. And I think he thinks that he was doing the best thing to protect her, whereas I agree with you. If this is the girl you love, what the hell are you thinking? Well, I can tell you, coming from a woman's world, what he's thinking. Here we go. Let me break it down for you boys. All right, break (laughs) Um, it down. I feel like a lot of guys accept the love that they deserve. They think they deserve themselves and females too. And that's why we end up liking the wrong people in life because we don't, we accept the love we feel we deserve. And so if you feel low about yourself like Aaron does, he doesn't want to accept her love because he doesn't feel like he's deserving of it. So I feel like people normally choose the wrong person because... 
they don't feel like they deserve that kind of love, so they accept bad treatment and bad boyfriends, bad girlfriends. Right. The more you know, the more you know, guys. You know, whichever Check out Cinematic on, Escape for I feel more like I need, info. Like a tissue for a teardrop <laughs> right now. So. <laughs> Watchtower Base wants you to know that you made a good point, Kristen. Thank By you, the Watchtower. Way, Check FYI. out my blog. So let's um, let's then move on. So we've got that scene. And um, before I do go on, I do want to mention that we do a lot of other shows on After Buzz. Daryl, Kristen Carroll's not here tonight, and I all do Walking Dead together. There's also Revenge that you've got going on and tons of great shows. So if you have a favorite show, you enjoy After Buzz because... Why wouldn't you, unless we're not the ones hosting, and then I understand. Go (laughs) watch the After Buzz after show, or 666 with Daryl. Oh, hey. Hey, holla. Holla at Daryl. (laughs) So definitely check that out. So let's let's jump now to the beginning of the show and the intro scene where we have Miles and Charlie stealing a carriage, a horse-drawn chariot carriage, with Nora and Aaron kind of in the back, and Nora's sick. And dying and dying and <laughs> totally dying. It's yeah. messed up from last episode. And it's kind of Char- he says, and Charlie's questioning about it. And Aaron's like, "Don't worry, everything's gonna be okay." And Charlie just snaps back that she thinks it's an insane lie. How often has he been saying and spewing these insane lies? And this really, really hits Aaron where it hurts. Sometimes people need to know. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to know. Sometimes you just need to tell people the truth like Charlie did because, you know, he didn't see it from that perspective clearly until she said that. He's just like, no, it's not going to be okay. Are you going to do something about it? Pretty much. Yeah. You know, she was kind of challenging him. It's not going to be okay unless you do something about it, which I totally agree with her. Yeah. yeah. At that particular situation, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of a harsh snapping, though. I mean, it's just like she really went off on him. She could have just been like, look, you don't have to you don't have to play it off to me. I, I get what's going on. You don't have to fake it. And even even Miles was just like, uh, Charlie, uh, are you okay there? What's what's going on there? You're, You know, I'm glad that she's no longer the one helpless and complaining. She's definitely stepped up to the plate and has grown with these experiences that we've sure. seen her go through. Uh, since the beginning. I mean, she's been through a lot. We've been through a lot with her. Mm-hmm. So finally, she's not the one complaining. She's the one saying, you know, get your punk ass up and do something. And I believe that. <laughs> yes. And I believe was that, that, the, that was. That was like that a was DOS like starting screen at Windows or something. Um, that I, took I, me back. That took us back. I, I believe that her. I believe in her growth, too. Like what they're showing on the episodes, I believe that that's really how she would be yeah. all, with all this stuff happening to mm-hmm. her. And we were definitely seeing that transformation in her where she's becoming much darker, yeah. much harsher about things, like you were saying, Kristen. And she's just totally transforming and not that sweet, innocent girl that we get from the first episode that I believe a lot of viewers oh. were actually annoyed with. So a lot of viewers yeah. are probably going to be happy with this episode and her transformation. This is the story of a badass. <laughs> The making of the badass. Yeah, yeah. I was about to go into. Um, never mind. My, so we get. I, I, I was too. Good. Okay. <laughs> this is the story. About. Okay. So Miles <laughs> is. Uh, we should sing more. Let's sing. Let's let's, let's just sing We're anything about French Prince. Moment, I will if you do. Guys haven't cut our tune. So <laughs> Miles uh, then takes them to go see Drexel. He, he explains is he's not a friend, but he can help Nora. I love Drexel. And, I was confused by Drexel. So Kristen likes creepy, powerful on. men, apparently. So we get you know. Drexel opens up for them, and 
uh, he, he immediately throws Miles down <laughs> and says, I'm killing you. Yeah, this is the story all about Kristen in a peacock, not peacock, flamingo outfit. Now this is a story all about how my life got <laughs> are, we, are we doing the dance? Yeah, we're doing it. So for you guys who are just say, listening, this we're is dancing actually right orange now. juice in here, by the way. For all of you, orange juice in this champagne glass. So, Why? Why? <laughs> because that's from the song. Straight up from the song. Oh. He's drinking song. orange juice out of a champagne glass. Kristen. Okay, so. Where's the flamingo coming? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Drexel it immediately kind of like starts like, I'm going to kill you. Starts counting three, two, one. And it's all just a joke. Oh, it's funny. It's Whatever. three, two, one. Then we go to commercial break. Oh, yeah. Then we go to commercial <laughs> break. But I do want to say, I, I totally said... It's a joke. It's a joke. Right when yeah. he said it, I cu- I yelled you it know. out. Applause for Dave. He was correct. Okay, it's just okay, me. And it's just you. <laughs> no, but okay. What, but Stephen didn't like that. Apparently, uh, no. he didn't give me he a did clap. Not, he did not give it's me okay. love for that. I'll pause. But here's the thing: while this joke is taking place, poor Nora is sitting there dying. <laughs> did anyone? You know, I was like, is anyone going to notice that point that Nora is dying right care. now? They don't. Nah, care. it doesn't matter. While they play this little fun joke. I, I mean, they did have some guns point. Well, yeah, the people on their side, but they don't care. They're just yeah. giving heroin mm-hmm. to random girls. It's all good. Hey guys, we have a caller on the line. Would you like to take a fan call right now? Uh, no, no, Please. no, we wouldn't. Yeah, come on. What's up, man? One sec. Hello, you're on the air with AfterBuzz TV with uh, Revolution. Hello? 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 There you are. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? What's your name? Where you're from? Hey, I'm Casey. I'm from Kent, Ohio. Oh, Oh. nice. Nice. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I'm from Pittsburgh. And I'm from Chicago. We're just all only shouting (laughs) out where we're from. So what's up? Uh, nothing. I've been trying to call in for a while. I'm surprised I got on, finally. Oh, good, man. Oh, Steven in the booth. What? It's Not accepting it's calls? It's all because now we have Steven in the booth. He's, he's, <laughs> he's new for Revolution, and he makes things happen. We're going to blame him on this that one. This is the first call tonight, guys. Oh. Give me a break. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> he said you weren't calling, but hey, we're glad that you're here now. Did you have a comment or question? Um, hmm. Uh... Um, or you just wanted to hear our wonderful we, voices live on the phone. Uh, yes, that too. <laughs> Don't blame you. Um, Casey, what do you think of uh, the show so far? Um, I, I really like it. Uh, definitely think it's a uh, quite interesting concept, something that hasn't been done before. Um, but I kind of want to ask you guys, I've heard there's been like a lot of criticism about the show, and I'm kind of surprised, I guess, People are really picky. I want to know if you guys agree about, um, like, if you think it's not what you thought it would be, um, or, like, kind of that. Yeah. I, I think initially, before I started watching the previews and preparing to do the show for After Buzz, I, I did think it was just going to be about the power going out. And then when I started watching yeah. the previews, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a swashbuckling tale about them adventuring and then i kind of got into that aspect so i could see why people who thought it was going to be more about the blackout and the the kind of the tale of everything and we do see snippets of the blackout and how it's affecting people but i could see why people would might be disappointed if they thought it was going to be very specifically about the blackout how it affects people they might be disappointed but if you're going in for a fun swashbuckling adventure that has to do with everything and like post this premise, then I think you'll, you're will you going to enjoy it more. So I think it's just people might have had the wrong perception mm-hmm. of what the show is going to be about. 
I, oh, go sorry, ahead. Kristen. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like this is unexplored territory for these writers and for all the viewers. And when you're going into unexplored territory, you A, don't exactly know what you're getting into, how to reveal it to the audience as a writer, and how they're going to receive it. And now that they're getting fan feedback, I feel like the storylines have definitely become more layered, mm-hmm. and they're they're making things more complex. They're improving the dialogue, improving the action, keeping the the uh, the film sets accurate. They're improving all the things that people had problems with, and you know people are unappreciative little bitches in our society, which is why they need to re-evolve, which is kind of the story of this show. Well, you get with TV, too. People only give things one chance. And I think that this show kind of started off, you didn't get to know the characters right away very well. And now that we're getting these flashbacks, you're getting to know the characters and care about them. And it kind of took a little long for them to get there. So I can see why, to that extent, people thought it took a little too long. It's It's a layered story. And you have to put in the time, which everyone's impatient in this day and age. They want everything to take off in seconds. No one has time, whatever. And this is a layered story. And in order to care about these characters and this journey, you're going to have to be there through the slow moments and, you know, in the beginning till we get a few episodes through. But I feel like these past two episodes really moved fast. And now we know these characters and I expect lots more action moving forward. And I love it now. I really do like the show. And and as you piggyback on both of what you guys said, also Air Crypt, Kripke um, mentioned in an article that we had in News and Gossip a couple weeks ago that he's really focused on possibly killing more characters. So Love it. each time, each week, we don't know what we're going to get. Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. You know, it keeps everybody on their toes and it changes the reveal each week of, of being unexpected. So Yeah, you got to go against what the audience wants to say. I mean, how do you feel about it, Casey? You're surprised? Well, You're actually surprised that people don't like the show? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, it, seeing first glance of the previews, it wasn't anything like it. Uh, like I pictured with the whole like bow and arrow, you know, riding horses, kind of like the old olden days feel. So that took me by surprise. Uh, kind of thought it'd be more like you know, like post-apocalyptic, kind of like well, maybe more like Jericho. I don't know. It's just I like the show, but at first I didn't think it would be the way it was now. Have you? Right, and I think I think that's a lot of what people are saying. But I, I think we do need to get on with more of uh, talking about tonight's episode. But Casey, thank yeah. you so much for calling. We appreciate it. Yeah, please call us again yeah, next no week. Yeah, call us every week. Stephen hooks it up. I will. Oh, and, and you thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. All right, guys. So let's let's or jump Casey. back. <laughs> thank, and you, thank you, Casey, and thank you, Stephen. Casey, thank you so much for calling. Yeah, that was awesome. So let's jump back on the. The carriage. Thank you. The carriage. Let's jump back on the carriage and talk about So Drexel, when we get back from him just being like, oh, I was just joking with you guys, he takes them in and takes their weapons as his house rules. And it kind of has a weird conversation goes on between Aaron and Drexel. Yeah, it was a weird dialogue for like five minutes there. It kind of just made me feel like Drexel was just a creepy dude. I guess that's kind of what I got out of it. What exactly did he say? The whole, like, oh, there's bathtubs here, and oh, you're rejecting my hospitality, you're a schmuck. You mean that whole conversation? Yeah, yeah, the whole conversation. It was kind of a weird exchange to me, I guess. No, I felt the same way. It was, it was, I didn't get it at first. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect him to say? He's definitely going to try to be a good host, but also terrorize them at the same time. Well, so. at first, I, I didn't know the angle if he was trying to terrorize him or right. if he was just, if he was a friend that was playing around with him. You right. Know, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. 
So that's where I, I was yeah, because I mean that first thing when he does that joke, even though Miles was wasn't having any of it, I was just yeah. like, I mean, honestly, Maybe I could old I could see the old friend thing of him thinking that was a funny thing. Right. So right. like, I could see that. But we get Nora in the next scene where Nora is having some penicillin given to her, and <laughs> exchanging a little bit of blood. Right, exchanging <laughs> some blood there. She's yeah. a, she's going through septic shock, and we get between the dysentery and the septic shock once again. Dysentery. Ah, dysentery. <laughs> there's there's multiple ways to pronounce it, right? Right. So. Dysentery sounds like a place you stay. <laughs> I, I want to go to the dysentery and hotel. Never leave. I drink the water from dysentery hotel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so is there poo poo water in your glass? I, well, actually, this is from the toilet, so maybe. <laughs> so oh, okay. and. Um, so, but once again, we're getting these d- diseases and how much they're really mm-hmm. affecting people and how much it, it's things that, yeah, yeah, they would be a big deal in today's society. But once again, in this time, without the medicine that we have and without the just immediate way to get to the hospital we have, it's really affecting people. So fortunately, they happen to grow penicillin at this place because oh. as we find out, it's kind of just a factory where they, where they manufacture all sorts of drugs. Yeah. They and got that, adrenaline, they're... they've got penicillin, they've got heroin. heroin. Poppy fields. Poppy fields. <laughs> they've got all sorts of drugs here. So it's just drug paradise. So... Maybe uh, we'll see some an Walter Irish. White. Maybe we'll see some Walter White here. <laughs> it's that, Irish why isn't Tom Neville paradise. hanging out here? That's what I want to know. He, he will be. He will He's, be. He, he comes to visit. I really so. do hope that um, Drexel resurfaces after this whole. Oh, he's not going to. I no. forgot. <laughs> no, he will not. Well, we don't. Yeah. He was so awesome. Okay. It, would, it would be a different show then if he does come back. He was. He was so awesome. You know what though? We don't totally know if he died though. He got shot, but maybe he also he happened to Aaron. have a flask in it. <laughs> That's true. A, a hip flask. So we don't know. Oh, he was just so. Uh, did you guys like him? I really liked him as a bad guy. I liked him as a villain. He was a good yeah. creepy a villain because yeah. he especially he was kind of unpredictable. Yeah, exactly. Which is what made him good. Yeah. You didn't know what to expect for sure. And very creepy. Yeah. And I like cre- the creepers just like Kristen. Uh-huh. So we the next thing that we get is, speaking of creepy, because I was just imagining that in this next scene that he was just going to pop out of the corner and be watching Charlie, who mm-hmm. was in the bath. And yeah. she's having these flashbacks about all the people she's lost and then about how she's supposed to be protecting Danny. And just uh, we see how why she's transforming and what's going through her mind. And mm-hmm. she goes into her lunch Star Wars lunch pail yeah. and rips apart some postcards. postcards. I, I, I said New York. I'm I not did, sure exactly what those postcards were, though. I'm wondering if they were things from her mother beforehand or from something her to mother, that extent. Or written to her mother. I don't know. Yeah. Yo, this is from your mother. Uh, something like that. Well, I have so, a feeling that we'll find out a little bit more about that. I probably. haven't seen. It's weird that she had that lunchbox tin because in their travels, I haven't seen like any of her stuff that she's carrying around. And now all That's of a, a sudden, point. her lunchbox tin but surfaces again. She have a bag again. sometimes. She has like yeah. a, a tote bag. Maybe she hides it in her tote bag. <laughs> Maybe. That's got to be it. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, we never saw her carrying it around really, so I don't know. Yeah. But. I mean, I guess like she has that backpack. So the one thing in the backpack is the lunchbox, and that's everyone all that's has in. a lunchbox. Yeah. That's all that's in, in their backpack. No I mean, clothes. Well, I mean, just no the clothes. Lunchbox. Just the lunchbox. Yeah. yeah, I think they. Got I have a mystery box. Do you guys have mystery boxes in your? I um mm. no, but I have a box that I made when I was seven. That was like a time capsule that I laid in my backyard. That's probably still there, actually. Yes. So I'd love to find that time capsule. I laid a couple. Never going to find those. Yeah, I have no (laughs) idea where I buried it. It's somewhere in my backyard. So when I was burying my dog, I did not find it. Wow. Oh, Oh, you took it there. Okay, moving on. Here we go. Apparently some people aren't over 
past issues. We can talk about this Look, later. Look, this is what I flash back to, okay? That's why I started oh. boxing. Oh, so man. this is the darkness within me. So Miles, uh, he's talking to them, he, and he comes in, and he wants to leave ASAP. But Drexel overhears and comes in and goes, why are you guys leaving so soon? Mm-hmm. He's starts talking to them about um, Miles as a general and explaining about how ruthless he was and he missed those days and telling them all about the relationship that they had where Miles would kind of help Drexel out in his drug trade and killing all the competitors off and Drexel would therefore give him tons of money for the army and for the militia. And then when Miles just left... It totally screwed over Drexel because it put a bad mark on Drexel, and Drexel lost all this business, so not too happy with Miles. Yeah, yeah what did he say? He was on Team Miles the exactly. entire time. Exactly, and now not only is Miles a traitor, but now, consequently, everyone who was on Team Miles is a traitor. He's a traitor. Yeah, so he's not happy, and he kind of wants, uh, for both for Nora and for this whole thing that Miles did, he wants some compensation specifically, as we find out from Charlie, but he wants Miles to and the group to take care of some people who, for whatever reason, I can't imagine why, are going over and destroying his heroin crops. They're burning it. What the hell? They're destroying his heroin crops. They're torching it. Bill O'Halloran? Yes, Bill O'Halloran. Or as Drexel called them, the potato-eating leprechaun bastards. Yes, those potato eaters. I am Irish, and I love potatoes. Potatoes are amazing. Potatoes are so Potatoes good. are amazing. I like sweet potatoes. Moving on. <laughs> I like those mini potatoes when you grill them. Let's just go Dario? around about our favorite I type like of potato. Cheese fries. Cheese fries. <laughs> cheese fries. That's what Sex I want on a kind of potato. <laughs> <laughs> so, sweet fries. Sweet fries. <laughs> it is a type of potato. It is a potato. That they prob- I wonder if people still fry things in this new world. Because I guess technically you could. Our systems detect that a host has wandered <laughs> off the subject. This is Please a, return at once. If this you guys want to talk about potatoes, tweet us. Just tweet us if you want to talk about potatoes. Okay, keep going. Look, this is a very important off-topic, Stephen, so stop interrupting me, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we, we get this whole scene where Miles then offers to do, he's like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. And Drexel says, no, it's got to be her. Points to Charlie. Yeah. And it's got to be Charlie who's got to do it because they need a woman's touch. Oh, yeah. So basically, Charlie has to sneak in and act as some as a flamingo who was <laughs> disowned and disenfranchised because Drexel was beating her. She's not happy, and that's kind of the plan. And Charlie offers to do it, and Drexel gives her a pin to kind of like the hairpin, the little Asian hairpin, right. and that's how it, that's going to be the weapon. Yeah. But Bill, you know, he's not stupid. He was he saw her playing with the hairpin. I don't know why she took it out before she was ready to kill him, and she takes it out, and he's like, "What are you planning to do with, with that?" that? Right, it, and she loses the pin. She's just not a very good assassin. That's what it comes down to. She's but not she a good was good at thinking on her feet whenever she she's was up at, behind him. She's good at thinking on her feet, and she's good at coming up with names, like new names for herself. Because this is the second episode she's come up with a fake name. Sarah. What was her other Sarah. name? I, I don't remember, remember what she her does other name was. come up with a lot Let of Let me find names. my old notes. <laughs> so we get also Miles and Aaron are both really do not want her to do this. And we keep getting glimpses of Aaron, too, that I noticed. Where little Miles shots of him. wants her to do it. Aaron doesn't. No, Miles doesn't want Charlie to kill the doesn't, person. 
I think he wants her to kill him. I just don't think that he wants her to go because he's worried about her safety. I don't think he really cares about the guy. Well, See, I, never, I never felt that Miles wanted her well, to kill Well, I felt like he him. didn't want her because I think he's noticing this transformation in Charlie. And I think he's kind mm. of noticing and not happy with it either. Oh, that's a good point, guys. But uh, we also keep getting shots of Aaron looking so distraught throughout this whole thing. Like Every <laughs> yeah. time you see him, he just looks miserable. He does. Because he just keeps getting those thoughts again that he can't do anything. So... We get Charlie then. Char- they split off. Charlie's going to do it. And F- Miles and Aaron have a discussion. And they- a- Aaron finally wants to do something. He says, look, I will stay here and take care of Nora. Yeah. And I want you. You have to go save Charlie. For- just You have to do it. And he offers himself to stay and try and protect Nora. Sacrificial lamb. And be the sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. So Miles sneaks off through, I think, a laundry chute. I think it that's what it was. Because chute. Aaron has three and knows all about them. Exactly. And what I was, I, I guess, surprised about was that when the guy tried to shoot Aaron, or not Aaron, tried to shoot Miles, Miles. that everybody wasn't immediately alerted right away and, right. and ran in. But we do get another crunch from, <laughs> uh, from Miles. I think or I said you. Aaron earlier from Miles. From yeah. I, you know, I like I, I do a lot of crunches both ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, we need to speed up. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's get Miles, this. Miles chases afterwards, and we get the scene where Charlie's sneaking in to the place, and she's thinking on her feet really well, and she kind of plays that confident girl who's like, well. You're going to have to explain you're the one who turned down this. Yeah, yeah. she was a badass. I'm proud of her. I, I th- She caught his really, I liked it. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was a great moment of yeah. thinking on her feet. And also, mm-hmm. so that, I think that was her best moment so far of thinking on her feet. And we got before Tom Neville with the boyfriend thing. So she is pretty good at it. And so is Danny. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's a family trait. Good yeah. at thinking on your feet. So she sneaks in there. And we see Bill O'Halloran with his family and... Man, does he come across as a nice guy. He's he a great yeah. grandfather. He yeah. seems like a loyal husband. He's got a family. And the reason that they're so pissed at um, Drexel isn't necessarily about the drugs, but the fact that they took their daughter. Becca. Becca. And drug- gave her heroin, drugged her, and delivered her back dead. Yep. So Charlie has to hear this whole story and starts having some second thoughts about what she's going to do. And fumbling with her hairpin. And... It- at the end of the day, she ends up deciding that she's going to try and go through with it. So she finally tries to stab him, but Bill is also quick on his feet. Immediately turns, grabs her, and she grabs the tea. Yeah, like the, the kettle. Tea, kettle. The, the stale tea kettle. Smacks him in the head Which with I'm it. Which I'm sure was really hot. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, actually, I thought at first she was going to throw hot water in his face. Mm-hmm. That's what I initially thought that was probably going to happen. But she used the force of it the just force. to knock him out. Yes. And she's about to go stab him in the eye. I wanted her to do it. And Kristen was, she really did. Rooting she for really her. She really did. So do it. And then I came through and saved her and stopped her from <laughs> making a horrible mistake. Yes, I did. being Miles. Okay, Miles did. I have a question. So, but Bill has all these these guys that work for him. Mm-hmm. You don't think that he, they heard yeah. any rumbling in the room? I mean, right. it had to make a pretty big ding for her to hit him on the head with that steel. We're kettle. just gonna let that go. Okay, I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying these little details. I There's saw. a few details. Sometimes yeah. you got you got to let yeah. it go for the writing. So, one of our guests was asking if the, if. We think that Charlie's character will, will stop being so nice and be more ruthless, and then Miles will want her to be her old self and will come to regret what she's starting to transform into. Probably so. Sometimes you need to see others in order to find who you are, and so I think that by watching her transformation into this you know, crooked 
girl, perhaps, who's lost. It'll help him come out of his yeah. lost self and find himself through helping her right. come back. And we saw a little bit of that what last episode when um, he apologized to her about not being the uncle that she wanted. Right. At the beginning of that episode, she was so concerned about that. And towards the end, you know, when everything went down with Danny, she almost became more of the bitter person. And, and when he apologized to her, she was like, whatever. Yeah. Her right. whole attitude had changed She's during that She's very much changed. Yeah. And I wonder what we're going to see in the future with her. So let's then cut to Aaron, who's with Nora. And Aaron is caught outside, and he just says, you know, you can take me. Just let Nora go. Not Drexel's plan. Drexel brings out Nora, stabs her with some adrenaline. Yeah. That was awesome. I actually, at first thought it was going to be heroin. And I was just like, <laughs> I, did too. I was like, so they're going to give her some heroin. What are, okay, is she going to be like another flamingo? I don't know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> So stabs him with some heroin, her with some heroin, and then he wants them to play a game. No, adrenaline. Her- yes, thank you. Adrenaline. <laughs> you got same heroin thing. on the brain. It's totally the same thing. So. He Some wants flamingo them. juice. Flamingo juice. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I know what, what you're what? saying. So <laughs> he wants them to play his game, which is his game is that one of them is going to have to shoot the other person. <laughs> and he then goes into his armored car to protect himself and yes. says, if you guys don't do it, I will shoot both of you. So they're at this standoff moment. And we get Aaron from all of his character moments in his flashback. He finally wants to do something. And we get him being, again, just feeling like he he felt like he sacrificed himself for his wife. And now, once again, he feels like this is the only thing he can do is to sacrifice himself. So he pulls out the gun. And even though Nora's telling him not to, he shoots himself. Yes. And as Drexel goes over, we get the twist. The twist. Hey, hey, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. I have my flask that saved me from the bullet that almost hit my heart. <laughs> Windows started up. I did not know that you had the flask in there, so I was worried about you. So apparently, flasks are bulletproof, is what I found out tonight. Yes, but Who knew? and so is I have Daryl. the wrong flask, apparently. Because how uh, does that song go, bulletproof? I don't, I don't know. I am titanium. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I won't sing I it, though. I am titanium. It, that is how it goes, but I am not <laughs> singing that one. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I just I want to close Steven up on me. Steven probably has it. Steven probably has it. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're getting it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know it's coming. <laughs> so, okay, so what happens then is he kind of pulls his first badass moment where he's still alive. And shoots Drexel right away. And oh, that was so badass. I didn't see it coming. Did I you guys see it coming? No, I didn't see I did it, not coming, see that but coming. Let me just say I once did, again. I did call out that I thought he was going to shoot himself. I thought he was going to shoot himself. I thought he was, yes. Dave was right. Guys, prediction master over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you, but I don't get applause for that. it. No, that was good. He's still trying to find the titanium song. Um, <laughs> no, so. But the only problem. Wait, I titanium had, or bulletproof? I think oh, it's bulletproof. bulletproof. I but was just saying. Like, like, titanium like this? This will work. This will work. It's close enough. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Let me swing my hair. Oh, look at that beautiful, those blonde locks. But Darryl, anyone who's listening to us should just go to YouTube afterwards and download us and watch us because um, you're, you're missing a great party with all these visuals for the Halloween outfit. Yes. So We're doing this for you for free. Wow. 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 Kristen said that I did. Wow. So, Daryl, yes. what, what were you going to say about the scene, though? Okay, so yeah. So, once again, in that particular scene, when he shoots Drexel, 
Wouldn't his men have shot him instantly for for doing that? I mean, that's what I'd imagine. I mean, all of a sudden they they've been doing everything he says, so they, so drugs will get right. shot and then it's nothing. They're kind of just standing around like, uh, what just happened? I, I think that they're happy well, <laughs> that so kind of crazy that man just got. Much, but yeah, still. I mean, it definitely comes across. I mean, that's what I'd imagine because then when he asks to be let go, be let go, the guy kind of looks, checks to make sure Drexel's dead, and is like. Okay, yeah, you guys can go. He's like, yeah. go grab your shit. Yes, go grab your ish shit. Shit. So they run off and they end up they end up meeting up with Charlie and Miles and everyone's okay. And so we get kind of this group moment where everyone is okay, but they seem all kind of distraught in this moment. Like they're not totally into the fact that they all did well. Like Aaron's kind of like. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't kill him. Yeah. Doesn't seem <laughs> and Miles really too was like, about okay, it. well, it everything worked yeah. out then. <laughs> yeah, so, and everything worked out. And let's end the discussion on that. Everything worked out. So, let's go <laughs> to some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. All right, guys, news and gossip. Well, I have from Zap to it John oh. um, Carlo Esposito, who plays our man, who is our man, we know who this is. Tom Neville? That's right. Tom yes. Neville. It's like a trick question. Okay, so John Carlo was recently... Who is We're playing Jeopardy here. You were playing Jeopardy. Uh, he was recently interviewed and when asked about his character and what made him really spark with the Revolution uh, cast and writing, he, he says, Neville has shown a few glimmers of humanity, but he is one tough dude. Before the power outage that changed the world in the slightly futuristic drama, Neville was an insurance adjuster, which we know. And John Carlo goes to say, I, I spark to it because an insurance adjuster knows when people are lying and is, is observant and calculating and manipulative, he says. He knows when to pressure someone. It made, it made him think that he might be just like this guy and maybe a little bit of nebbish whatever that means he gets a little, <laughs> a little bit gossish. of a little yeah he gets a little bit of taste of power and absolutely loves it which we have seen from our character i like Neville. it also we want to give a special shout out to Tim Guinea, our man who Tim, plays Ben. We love Tim. You, Tim. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for the interview. We appreciate yeah, it. We, yeah. Everybody loved your interview. He's and an AfterBuzz friend now. He is an AfterBuzz friend, and he is actually going to be. He just got uh, cast for the story of the rear window, which is going on Broadway. And so everyone should go there and check him out. Tim Gunny, who plays Ben, headed to Broadway for rear window. So congratulations to him. Congratulations, congratulations Tim. Tim. We're looking forward to it. I'm excited. I am too. And I have one piece of news and gossip. All right, All right. Steven. Us, us in the booth, we, we love you so much, Dave Klein. We found our own little sound effect for you. Okay. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm having difficulty controlling the volume of my voice. I just like yelling, okay? What's wrong with that? That's I don't think awesome. you were yelling a lot today. You didn't yell tonight at all. I think, I think it's I about that time. It's just on its tired. It's the heroin. It's my bedtime. I'm doing heroin. Come on, man. Do it, for, do it for the fans. One you know what I'm saying, guys? All right? That was as loud as I think I'm going to go. <laughs> that, that was not that loud. loud. You really need loud. to get a little crazy. Walking Dead. On Walking Dead, people think that I get a little too loud and rowdy. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So, <laughs> I want to go to the uh, comments, though. Some comments from YouTube and iTunes. So, Raptos, Thinky Fresh, T, Rob Chapman, and Cherry F, thank you guys so much for commenting on YouTube. Cherry F asks, would Native American culture reflourish in some areas? Who, what caused the blackout and why? And was there a large evil takeover of some kind that can only be stopped by the blackout? So, kind of like, let's... 
tackle the Native American question first. I I guess like it depends on the population of Native Americans in America. I don't think is very big right now, so I don't know if they would necessarily reflourish because there's not mm-hmm. that many to start with compared to every other culture now right. at this point. But as far as who caused the blackout and why, and was there an evil takeover? Um, I, I, I'd imagine there is a nefarious purpose to it. What do you guys think? Yeah, oh, and, for sure. and I definitely hope that we do see not maybe an Indian tribes or whatever, but a tribal group of such. Because not everyone, I, what is the payment that they use in order, like, I heard that there was like a bike rack in last episode and someone was selling bikes in that that town that we were at, Noblesville. Yeah. But like, what do you even pay with? Heroin. Yeah, heroin. <laughs> I mean, that probably is one. I'm, I'm sure they have, it's like a barter system mm-hmm. in a way. So they probably immediately Trading. went back to a barter system. Yeah. yeah. So, food, money, all that. I was going to say probably more food. You know, like, uh, say, even when they're hunting, like, someone who goes out and gets more of the the higher grade of meat, you know, and trading that back with certain things. I would like to see, like, a self-reliant, utopian-type tribal society. Yeah. All right, so Rob Chapman says, everything looks the way it does in this show because it's set in an area of the country which has been known to as the Pennsylvania Dutch or Amish culture. Um, And it's because they would rebound from a complete blackout faster than many other parts of the country. I'm sure especially L.A. We would not rebound in L.A. very well at (laughs) all. So in iTunes, I want to thank Tomahawk, RGC2005, Calorkin, MMurf71, and VLMC Million. Tomahawk said that my jokes are corny. On the show, I love your jokes. That's a good thing. I think corny is awesome. Corny is great. That's fine. That's cool. We're your fans. We're your fans, Dave. He (laughs) wants to know, and this is something that I don't think we actually caught last week. Was that on the printing press with um, with Hutch? They were printing off Harry Potter books. That's what they were using the printing press yeah. for. Yeah. Do you guys see the parallels? And is was, that what he was talking about? Well, he was just asking if there were parallels or if the book's full of codes, like um, like the other book that we got last week, or if it's like just for entertainment purposes. I think they had codes. But I'm wondering if it's like Star Wars, though, where like they're kind of throwing these Star Wars references. Nice. Yeah. Right. Like the Star Wars lunchbox is kind of just like a homage to something that maybe Eric Kripke likes a lot. Cause well, do you remember, what was it in the last Harry Harry Potter, which is the one that they were printing, um, they were on a hunt for all the different cruxes. Yes, that's true. They was were the, the horcruxes, yes. The horcruxes. So, I don't remember how many there were, maybe seven in Harry Potter, and now there's 12 pendants. Seven. 12 pendants in Revolution. Seven is the first prime number. So, they are on a hunt for these pendants, so I see that parallel, and also they were overthrowing Voldemort. And so, there's the whole Neville reference. St- but it, we still haven't really seen our, our Voldemort yet in this show. When are we going to see him again, Randall? Randall, what's up, man? Where I'm, ready you been? See, I'm ready to see Grace Where again, been? too. Yeah, it, Randall Tom, and Grace. Isn't Voldemort's real name Tom, though? Um, yeah. Tom Riddle. It is Tom. Tom Riddle, yes. So Tom Neville, maybe. Who knows? So, yeah, Tom Riddle. Yeah, I, so I, I think it was kind of a for fun thing, but it could be a deeper meaning. So There's always a deeper meaning. You don't just pick something always. like that. FYI, Dave. Writing usually. 101. Writing yeah, 101. usually. <laughs> okay. Are we... Um, and VLMC Million mentioned that they love to see a strike back after Buzz. I just got season one on DVD ready to watch it. I'm excited. Okay, guys. So, let's go to predictions. Let's do it. And, now, and then we'll play some more Bulletproof totally. and, and dance. Totally. <laughs> and flip our blonde hair. <laughs> so, we're getting that it looks like the next episode... 
um, they're talking about the pendant being used as a weapon, and mm-hmm. we're getting to find out exactly what it was for. And we're going to find out, apparently, the truth about the power and what happened. Yeah. And it looked like some lights came on at the end of next week's episode. I didn't trust it, though. I think they're teasing us. I think yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be a flashback, like, and they yeah. play the flashback in reverse exactly. just to tease us. <laughs> but, I mean, that'd be exciting if we get to find out what actually happened. Do you guys have any thoughts for what you think at this point actually happened and what the bl- caused the blackout? Yeah, I still think it was just a person. I think that they decided to do it because they wanted society to re-evolve. But I'm thinking more like how. How did they decide to do it? What do you mean how? How did they cause the massive blackout? I think it was the government. But I, So what I'm wondering then is, like, is this a blackout just through America? Is this a blackout through all of the world? That's I something I kind of been wondering. The yeah, it would have to be all around the world. Yeah. Right, because, yeah, it'd have to be. Otherwise, someone would have come in with help. But I'm just wondering... Yeah. How did they do it? Because, I mean, you got, like, EMPs are a way that you can do it in one sense. So I'm kind of wondering what was the method to cause It's all in one out. switch. Okay. Yeah, no. I guarantee you if the government wanted to turn off everything today, they, they have that it. power. For sure. That's we the are entire very, world. Yeah, we are very stupid to think that that could not happen. Yeah, because I think that the relationships within the government, there's, you know, the, the U.S. relationships across the country, you know, there's there are teams that there are twelve that can make people, this Dave, and exactly. they all have a pendant. And they, I was going to say they all have a pendant. <laughs> I see. Well, if that's how it is. That's how it is. If we're wrong, you have to. What should we make them do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we need to place bets on our predictions. Yeah. In my that's what I'll do. That's what you'll do. That's what he does. <laughs> Done it before. We'll do that. Okay. That's what we'll have to do. All right. So I think that's all. We gotta leave on that show, note. Guys. So, guys, once again, my name is Dave Klein. You can find me on Twitter at the Dave Klein. That is K L E I N or djk-online.com. Hey guys, I'm Kristen Elizabeth, and you can check out my blog at cinematicescape.com or just Bing Cinematic Escape, and it's the first thing to come up. And I'm also Cinematic Escape on Twitter. Hey guys, I'm Daryl Kristen. You can find me on Twitter or on Facebook under my name D E R R I A L C H R. R-I-S-T-O-N. Or you can also go to AfterBuzz TV website and go onto our Afterblog for Revolution as well. You can find me there. Written by our very own Daryl. And Steven in the booth. Steven. Steven, where can we find you? You can find me at Steven Lemieux. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. All right. Steven! See you guys next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bye. you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 